On this special episode of The Fieldhouse Files, I'll be joined by Kathy Martin-Harrison, the unknown Pacer fan everyone wanted to hear from after her cameo in Episode 9 of The Last Dance. And welcome into another episode of The Fieldhouse Files. I'm Scott Agnes. Well, it was six minutes into Episode 9 Sunday night when Kathy Martin-Harrison was shown on to TV screens across the country. Almost 6 million viewers tuned in for the final night of the Last Dance documentary. And for the first time in nine weeks, I finally felt my adrenaline kick in as a reporter. I knew I must get her story. I must learn who that is. I've been around the Fieldhouse since 2003, and I didn't recall seeing her, but I learned you know, she's been a Pacer fan for a long time, going to the Coliseum for the ABA days. Then her family later on got Pacer tickets in 1976, and they've had them ever since. Now, originally, it looked like that Pacer super fan might oddly enough be Tracy Cornett. That's the mother of current Bulls center Luke Cornett. Like, no way. Pacers, Bulls playing on TV in a game from 1998, and one of their current moms? No. Well, anyway, I reached out to her and right away got a confirmation. No, it was not her, she said, um, even though she looks and acts similar. But nope, it was not her. But finally, about an hour later, Sunday night, I learned it was Kathy. And by Monday morning, I had set up this interview. And during our conversation, Kathy shared what it was like to see herself in the documentary, why it was her mission to make opposing players uncomfortable, and why in recent years you haven't been able to do something similar. I wrote about Kathy on The Athletic, so you can read that, plus more than 40 other stories related to The Last Dance, and my full Pacers coverage by subscribing to The Athletic. And get 40% off the annual price right now at theathletic.com slash fieldhousefiles. Now, let's get into it. My conversation with Kathy Martin-Harrison. Hi, I'm good. How are you, Scott? I am great. Good great. to talk with Scott, you. Last night was excellent. So long. To get back to you. Oh, it's all right. I'm sure uh, you've been swamped here today, but you are the story, so oh I had to God. write about it. Uh, you know, I think, you know, people are so hungry for sports news today. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not so sure that would have been a big deal if, it, you know, we were having a normal life and playoff season and i'm not sure that would have been that big of a deal but yeah i think it's a combination of both being the a jordan documentary and and super fan kind of look yeah. and you don't see that as much anymore today as well you really don't we're not allowed to be so <laughs> oh right right yeah. we have those cards they put in the first 10 rows yeah. now at every single game so yes the nba code of conduct they're on my seat every time i come and sit down so. okay so are you a, a season ticket holder then we I've been a season ticket holder for 44 years and sat in those same seats. So when the, um, we w- you know, my dad took me to the ABA game in 1967 when the Pacers were in the ABA, um, he would take my brother and I to um, the Coliseum and we would watch the Pacers play. And they were, you know, they were, they were the bomb, you know, they, they won national championships. And so then when we, uh, they segue into the uh, NBA in 76, I think it was. Um, And we moved over to um, Market Square Arena. You know, we, we, my dad said, well, I'm I'm only going to buy season tickets if if they can give me front row seats. So the Pacers said, do you want these seats? He's like, okay, I guess I have to buy since I put that out there. (laughs) 
we, we I thought he I think he was thinking no, they're not going to so but so we've been sitting in that same those same seats and then when we had the opportunity when we moved over to the field house we had the opportunity to to change our seats anywhere we wanted to go because we've been such a long time season ticket holder through thick and thin and um you know we want to stay right here because we feel that we can. Your phone, make a hold on. Your phone is blowing up. Is that what it's been like all day? It's oh oh. This has been since seven o'clock this morning. <laughs> wow. And 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 it just doesn't stop. And I don't do Twitter. I don't do social media. I noticed so, because I was looking all over for you last night before I finally got tipped off. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not on it. So this is. Uh, you know, it's, you know, my, my plans that I had today are had to be thrown out the window because, um, you know, this has been the thing. So we just have always felt sitting in those seats and back in the, we call the good old days and we were allowed to banter back and forth with the players and being so, you know, six feet away from them. And, you know, it was our mission to get, go into the field house and get in their heads because we could make a difference. They, we can get them so screwed up in their heads, they're going to lose this <laughs> game, you know. So um, we took it very personally, you know, we, 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 uh, and we had a lot of fun. Oh, my gosh. I do miss those days. So you obviously went in there with that purpose. Do you feel like it worked? And, and also, do you have any notable, I don't know, stories that come to mind um, that you and your dad or, or whomever you know, yeah. had throughout all those 40 plus years. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, we do feel like we made a difference in some of those games. I mean, you know, cause we were allowed back then to, you know, constantly be yelling and, you know, and, and just bantering, you know, and even the players, the players would turn around and banter back with us. But so, you know, um, ML Carr from the Boston Celtics, and he was also a star in the ABA, um, you know, when he played for Boston, he was kind of at the end of his time playing, and he'd always sit on the end of be- the bench, and he'd go, hey, get, us, get me some popcorn, you know, and um, hey, you know, just we just talk and laugh, and then we'd, we'd be screaming at the coach, put him Ellen, put him Ellen, and he'd turn around and go, no, no, if I go in, I have to take a shower, so, you know, we'd laugh, and then, and then, um, you know, every, you know, the Celtics would beat us every, you know, and then he'd say he he actually invited my husband and I and my brother to go back into the dressing room with the Celtics um, after one of those games. And then Patrick Ewing and I had this ongoing battle. And I mean, it it was just back and forth every time they were in, you know, in Market Square. And so when we finally won. Um, we were, you know, making the run to the finals in 2000 and it was the last game in Indy. Um, Patrick turned around to me and looked at me and he held his hand way up in the air and said, truce. And I turned around and I looked at him. I said, I held my hand up and I said, truce. And so it was caught on national TV and it was all over. And of course, all my friends are calling me, telling me I'm a traitor. How could I high five Patrick Ewing? And I said, it's way more than that, you know? So, um, it you know, Rick Mahorn and yeah, Joe he was great. Dumars. Yeah, yeah, Dumars. I mean, all the my husband and I were walking through the Nashville, Tennessee airport. Oh my goodness, I don't know. In the early nineties, maybe late eighties, and here comes Joe, and he sees us, and he goes, "Oh my God, it's those people from the Pacer game." 
No way. Joe Dumars is recognizing you. Yeah, in, in Nashville. And in, in, we're changing planes going, you know, <laughs> flying somewhere. And it's so funny. But in then ML, when they had the big um, dropping dimes, um, you sure, know. The, absolutely. And, yeah. And, I, of course, I was there. I had to be there. You know, I just had to be there. And um, ML sees us, and he comes running over to us, and he starts hugging us. And then he's telling his wife, honey, come over here. These are the people I were te- I was telling you about all those years, you know, that on the you know sat behind the bench. And um, we just sat together all evening and just carried on, you know, and had the best time. But we, we had, you know, back then, it was just truly so much fun to go to a basketball game and be a fan. Um, I don't see that today. You know, I mean, when I go to my seats, I have to, you know, I, I, I get nervous I, if I even just stand up, you know, so. Um, so are you mostly quiet now when you're yes, courtside for every game now or what is it like? I'm very quiet. We aren't allowed to say a thing to the players. Um, I will occasionally stand up and yell at the ref <laughs> during a bad call. But no, we are not at all okay. allowed to say a word. Where specifically are you? Because I've been there for 15 plus years, and I, I'm i trying to think where you might be. Are you behind the visitor's bench, home bench? We, we are right behind the first row behind the visitor's bench. Now, I will tell you in the I'm, last 15 I'm picturing that one guy that always has the hats in the oh, first Mikey. row. Yeah, Mikey. I always sit next to him. Okay. Um, huh. They've sat there all those years, too. Now, I will have to tell you, you know, I never missed a game before. I went to all 42 home games, went to every you know, playoff game. But in 15 years ago, um, my husband and I, we, we took, my dad passed away. It'll right. be 15 years tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, and re- the last, Reggie's last game ever, you know, um, never forget that. And um, so when we took over the businesses, we just didn't have the time to go to every game. So our employees, we treat our employees to those seats. Um, and we travel a lot in the winter now, so but every every game, our employees are sitting in those seats. So fair to say, this has been a, that last night was an accurate representation. Then of you kind of being loud and trying to get in everyone's face and using yep. some language as much as you can a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, that was I know that was pretty colorful, but I'm known to drop the f bomb. So mm-hmm. <laughs> for everybody around me, it's like that's just Kathy, you know. So. Um, Since but, you're not on social media, when did when were you alerted, or were you watching live like all of us? Well, you know, about seven o'clock, my husband said, "Hey, you know, the last episode of the Michael Jordan, you know, documentary is on tonight, and I heard there's going to be a lot of Pacers video in it." And I said, "Well, I might watch it if the Pacers are, but I don't, you know, I'm, I'm over Michael because you know, you know, all the years that they were in our face, you, you'd show up at Market Square, and it was always." sold out to Bulls fans and you know we here's us four people on the bench with our little pacer shirts on and nobody would yell for the pacers and we you know it's all this pent up you know stuff so I go I'm over Michael I've seen Michael enough in my lifetime but um I said yeah so when I was sat down and Reggie was talking and I was really I was loving listening to Reggie I, I love Reggie and uh, and then all of a sudden they're showing you know footage from the game and then there I am. And I'm like, holy cow. So you knew right away. Oh, no. Here we go. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and my husband goes, and you can see exactly what you're saying. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then they showed me again. And it was like, 
oh my gosh. Then my phone text messages started rolling in. We even had a text message from New Zealand, you know, they were watching. So, um, yeah. So it's just been ever since last night, it was early this morning. I'm just, it's just been constant. And, you know, I think, I think everybody's hungry for some sports news. (laughs) <laughs> oh, no doubt. We're, we're looking for sports, and that's why, in part, why this documentary has been so successful. And I do want to know, and you should know this, the, the director of the documentary said last night here, and I quote, just imagine what it's like to play with her screaming over your shoulder. We're trying to portray just how intense this fan base is and how difficult it was to play in that arena. And then Jalen Rose added, people sleep on Pacer fans sometimes and the enthusiasm they have for the team. So... It was all in a good light, although, you know, initially, who is this screaming lady was, I think, the first reaction. (laughs) Right. It's like, who is this maniac, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, that's, that's just who, that's the fan I was. Um, the Philadelphia daily news had me on the cover when we were playing Philly in, in the, uh, I don't remember what year that was, but I've got, I've got the paper. I've actually got the newspaper. They, one of the coaches brought it to me, and he said, hey, you were in our newspaper. And I go, oh, yeah, right. And he hands it to me, and it's full color, full front page uh, of me yelling, you know, yelling at the bench. And uh, then Milwaukee wanted – in the, the 2000 playoffs, Milwaukee came up to me, and we were playing them in the first round, and they're like, can we mic you? You know, because we just get a kick out of listening to you and watching you so we can have it on our news. Sure, so they mic'd me for the whole game. You know, I love my Pacers. Love, love, love. I have my dad, like I said, took me in the ABA in 1967, and I fell in love with those guys. And, you know, Neto and Roger Brown and, you know, just I love them. And so, uh, you know, he started my passion for for the game. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry, but. I just had to get in those players' heads. You know, that was my job. So, And it seemed like you were somewhat successful in doing so. And they kind of in- appreciated it based on this interaction yeah. from players and being recognizable wherever you go, which is fascinating. Yeah, we, we, didn't, cu- we didn't cut them a break. And then when they would go into a huddle, my sister and I both, we have a mean whistle. And so we would okay. just sit there and whistle the entire time out over the <laughs> You know, and they didn't complain. They let us, you know, today, if I would even whistle, I would probably be escorted out of the arena. So um, the field house, excuse me. So, um, but back then it was bring it on, bring it on. Mm-hmm. So I assume this is kind of your personal line that's gone wild. Um, what do you expect maybe in the coming days as people realize uh, about you and that you're the owner of a car dealership and what that might lead to potentially? Well, um, you know, since I'm not on social media, people are people are taking screenshots and sending me, you know, just all the different things people are saying. And I've, I've seen sure. one guy go, I, I know where I'm buying my next car. So, um, you know, we're happy about that, especially with the mm-hmm. pandemic going on, you know, um, we'll take it. I'd love to help that young man out with a car. So, you know, you know, it's just that. The positivity, you know, between and and just that longing for to get out. I mean, just to be and do and um, you know, and we're also, you know, isolated and um, so hopefully this will hopefully this puts a smile on people's faces and they'll think about it. And it was just pure un- unadulterated fun. That's outstanding. Yeah. Anything else that you you would want people to know about your situation and. 
and uh, you know your fandom because that's what stuck sticks out more than anything. Not only were you rooting for the Pacers, but you've been there from the beginning, which is outstanding. Indiana and basketball go together, and I caught that passion from my you know walking into the Coliseum in 1967. And I just remember going to school the next day and telling all my friends and how cool it was and how we all have to go together and go to a game and yell and chant and cheer. And um, it's just, I don't know. It's just been a, it's just been a huge part of my life. And everybody that knows me um, knows I'm this rabid Pacer fan um, who's pretty quiet now because of, you know, the stipulations that have been put on this. So, Plus, I'm 22 years older than I was 10 years, so I'm an older lady now, so um, mm. don't carry on like that, but <laughs> No, but you looked like you guys were having a lot of fun down there, and, and it clearly sounds oh, that way, so I really appreciate you taking time. the time. I know people sure. are fascinated with this, so we're going to have to share No, I don't know why. Can you tell me why? It's just this woman yelling in the it's, face it, of the face. It's because... It's because it's this courtside woman screaming her heads off a little bit at at the opposing team. Also, part of it is just the language that was used a little bit, right? That also right. interests yes, people. And, I know. and and you don't always see that because normally that would be filtered or that wouldn't air. But this was right. an explicit documentary, so for the right. most part, it was unfiltered documentary. So I think we also all all appreciated that. Yeah, well, I think when my husband said, I don't, I can't believe they put that on there. And he goes, mm-hmm. well, it started out at the beginning. You didn't see it when it came on that there is, I don't adult language. I don't know, whatever. They put some kind of warning right. on there. Right, language. ESPN yeah. is unfiltered. ESPN2 had it all beeped out all throughout the series. So, Oh, really? Okay, I didn't know that. Okay. So all if right. you were watching with kids or anything, you do you have any kids? I'm curious because if you do, would you would you act this way? So excited at their games or anything like that. I think that's something people are trying to envision. So, no, I, my husband and I have been married 42 years, and we've been empty nesters the whole 42 years. Okay. We don't have any children. But my nieces and nephews, I brought them to the games all the time. And, no, I did not cuss, if, you know, at the games. But I did not hold back. Yeah. They they yelled right along with me. I mean, the players would turn around and look at these little kids. You know, yeah, whatever I said, they said. So um, they caught the passion too, and they're they're all they're all those kids are now grown, and they are big huge fans, you know, of of the Pacers, and they've never lost that passion either. So um, you know, they loved. I think they loved having the farm to go down there and be able to just yeah yeah you know just yell like yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious, Kathy, last thing. Have you heard from the Pacers at all or your season ticket rep or anything? No, nothing. Okay. Uh-uh. Yeah. It's a little different circumstance, but I thought too. you might. No, I have not. Um, if not, you will soon here, I'm sure. You think so? Oh, I don't know. They Maybe should. Not. I think, you know what? I think they. a lot of the upper management knew exactly who I was during all those years, and they just didn't. I don't think they really cared much for it. Um, just from they kind of ignored. They ignored me. Let me just put it that way. They ignored me. But um, but the, but the uh, the other the media from the visiting teams always came over because they just got the biggest kick out of it. Sure, so, it's something different uh-huh. and stands out. We need some fun, right? Yes, we need yes, fun. we need so. fun like you. So there you go. Aww, thank you. All right, that's my conversation with Kathy Martin-Harrison. I really appreciate her making time. I mean, you could hear it throughout that conversation. How many times 
Her phone kept buzzing, and it's ongoing. But um, I thought it was really cool to share her story, especially uh, right now when we need more sports and we need more feel-good stories. And after seeing her brief appearance in Episode 9, I knew I had to reach out to her right away. That will do it for this special edition of the Fieldhouse Files, and I'll talk to you again soon. 